You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M, and it's a somber Monday. I mean, no matter how you put it, it is a somber Monday, but we are going to discuss what happened yesterday. Everyone who heard my rant understood exactly where I was coming from. Now that we've cooled down a little bit, let's talk about the upcoming game. Let's look at the final game of Texas A&M season against Tennessee and how they can prepare for the upcoming game in the Orange Bowl against the North Carolina Tar Heels. This episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a protein bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On to save 20% off your first purchase. That promo code is Locked On at BuiltBar.com. As always, make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson. I am the host of the show, and I love public feedback. Anything you can do to help make this a more quality-sounding podcast Monday through Friday, give me a follow, give me a shout-out. I will add it into the mix. Secondly, Locked on Aggies. Locked on Aggies is your number one source for all things 12-man-related content found here on LOP. You can subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. So, this is a weird episode, and I know that a lot of people heard my rant yesterday. I I check my listeners every single day, and I'm glad that a lot of people resonated with what I was saying. And a lot of people understood where I was coming from. Texas A&M finished number 5, and unfortunately, it felt like that was the ceiling no matter what they would do. They got a big-time win over Tennessee, but unfortunately, Tennessee is a 3-7 team. They're not an 8-1 team like Alabama. They're not an 8-1 team like A&M. They don't even have three losses that are all quality losses when you really think about it, like Florida. They're just Tennessee being Tennessee. And sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes it's a bad thing. When you look at where their schedule was as well, I think playing Tennessee to close out the year instead of against the number 6 ranked offense, which would have been Ole Miss, which should have been the game. That also hurt A&M. The number 5 spot, I feel like, always was the ceiling for the Aggies. And it's not an insult, really, when you think about it to Ohio State and to Notre Dame. It just felt like, no matter what was going to happen with the top 4, that number 4 spot was going to go to a team in the SEC to face off against Alabama. Well, Florida already faced off against Alabama, and it was a great showing. I don't really care if you are pissed off that Florida gets ahead of Alabama. No, it was a great game. It was a solid SEC game, and it showed, in my personal opinion, why the SEC is the leading conference. Why it is, it just means more. The saying is in the SEC, it just means more. And in that game, you saw two offenses show it just means more. Records were broken by Najee Harris. Records were broken by Devontae Smith. They were set by Mac Jones. Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts, the one-two combination that ruled the SEC that a lot of people thought could have been Jalen Widemeyer and Kellen Mond, and what I personally believe will be Haynes King and Jalen Widemeyer in 2021, was great. They were fantastic. But it shows why the SEC is the top conference. But a 28-point loss in Week 2 solidified A&M's ranking. We will always put you in the conversation, but you will never move up. You can't lose by 4 to Alabama and then expect us to put you in. Because outside of the SEC, 
outside of Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, Arkansas, and probably parts of Oklahoma, and I would say parts of North Carolina. Nobody was really going to be interested in that game at all. So it didn't work for the ratings. It didn't work for the viewers. It didn't work for the people who believed that this was why that game should work. And that's just the harsh reality of it. Notre Dame sells tickets because it's in the middle of nowhere in South Bend, Indiana. But more on top of all that, it has the history and the background and the basis of what is college football. Blue blood versus blue blood in a game showdown for the college football national title. It sells. I mean, just hearing that right now sells tickets. And whether they're good or not, it is part of college football. It's part of what the college ball rankings are. Ohio State. I'm going to give Ohio State a lot of crap. And guess what? Jay Stevens over at Locked on Ohio State. Go listen to his podcast this morning. I promise you, it's fantastic. He agrees. This Ohio State team would not beat this Clemson team. It's not a same rematch of last year. Last year, it went down to the wire between a fantastic Clemson team that any other year would 100% have won the national title if they didn't face off against the number one offense that has ever graced the college football realm in LSU. But it was a controversial play at the very end of the game and several controversial calls throughout the game that led Ohio State to falter in Arizona. That's how it went. This time around, everyone I think can agree. Ohio State, when they play against bad teams, Justin Fields, on point. Justin Fields, great character. When everything is clicking and working for Fields, it is a monoculous, phenomenal roster. But Justin Fields was without his leading receiver in Chris Olave. He was out one of his offensive linemen. He threw two interceptions against a very good defense in Northwestern. It's why Pat Fitzgerald who last year went 3-9 and nine with the Wildcats, is getting looked at to become a head coach in the NFL. Because people know, if you have a sound, strong defense, and your offense can do just enough, you're going to be successful. It's why the Wildcats rebounded. And in a COVID year, maybe they wouldn't have. But at the same time, maybe Indiana wouldn't be the team that they were. And Indiana, in my opinion, is the second most screwed team in this college football playoff rankings. They didn't do anything but win. And the one game they lost to, they won the second half. They beat a beaten down, bruised up Wisconsin team that is known for their bully bashing of offensive line play and run game with a backup quarterback. And they're not good enough to be in a New Year's Six Bowl game. Cincinnati, three top 25 wins on the year. I get it. They're all AAC teams. But the AAC is actually thriving. You look at the history of the AAC, you have Memphis playing great football. You have UFC playing great football. UCF, my bad. You have Cincinnati playing good football. And Cincinnati has been good for the last two years. Mike Norvell brought Memphis back to relevancy. And he's done a fantastic job taking over what Justin Fuente had. Houston was great. For years. Under the likes of Tom Herman. The AAC is not a joke. And Luke Fickle is the next name. To get his opportunity. You saw Scott Frost go to Nebraska. You saw Tom Herman go to Texas. 
you saw Mike Norvell go to Florida State. And there's a very good shot Luke Fickle in a year or two is going to a Power 5 program. One of the better Power 5 programs, I might add. Not just an Illinois or a, uh, you know, a Vanderbilt. He could get a bigger job. And he could be successful there. Right alongside Matt Campbell. But instead, they were left out of the conversation. So in the reality, and I hate to be this guy, A&M fans have every right to be upset this morning. I'm upset this morning. I cover the team. I pay close attention to this team. I think this team is so great. Defensively, they're one of the best in the SEC. To be great defensively in the SEC is one of the toughest tasks to do. More than any of that, they're very, very precise on offense, and they found their identity. An identity that is going to last next season. But we all knew in week two, in a 28-point differential to the Crimson Tide, it was over. The College Football Playoff Committee made up their mind on Monday when they said Ohio State is going to play in the Big Ten Championship game because they wanted more diversity. Here's the fun fact. The College Football Playoff has been around for uh, seven years. 11 teams have represented the College Football Playoff. We got rid of the BCS because we want to make it more diverse. We want to make it more confrontational. We want to make it more profound, more observant, more competitionalized, more everything that we talked about. Seven years, 11 teams. Last I checked, that's not diverse. That's what sells, what markets, and what works. And if you're not one of those 11 teams, probably you got in because of, unfortunately, your record was just too dang good to ignore. And you were in a Power 5 school. 11 teams in seven years is not diverse. And unfortunately, the College World Playoff Committee made up their mind well before Monday night when the Big Ten said, we will have a 5-0 and team represented in our championship game. One of the best gifts to give to someone this holiday season is, of course, time and relaxation. With the world always being on the go, go, go and having nonstop 24 action, you never feel like you have a moment to sit back, relax, and unwind and drink an ice-cold beer. That's why I recommend when you get that moment, grab one that's made to chill. And that's Coors Light. Coors Light wants you to know no matter what sporting event is on this fall, Coors Light is the beer to drink during Aggies sporting games. Watching football is therapeutic for a fan because it's uninterrupted me time where you can sit back, relax, and drink an ice-cold beer. And thanks to the great Coors Brewing Company people in Golden, Colorado, their beer is cold lagered, cold pressed, cold filtered, and cold packaged. Literally, it's made to chill. Plus, those blue mountains on the side tell me my beer is going to be crisp and refreshing as cold as the Colorado Rockies themselves. I know when I have a long day ahead, I like to sit back and drink a Coors Light. Those blue mountains tell me I'm in for a treat, and they should tell you that you are too. Coors Light is the beer I choose, so when you need to unwind, go reach for a beer that's literally made to chill. Grab Coors Light and the new Coors Light delivery system straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. And always remember, celebrate responsibly. The college football playoff season is here. College bowl games are around, and week 16 and 17 are must-show-out games for the NFL. That means that betting is going to be at an all-time high, and we're ready for some football as most teams are headed into their final games of the season. Plus, with the NFL coming down to their wind, we have a better picture of who will be going to the postseason. That means there's only one place that you can go to go get your bets in, and that one place is betonline.ag. 
You with all the college football games, including Texas A&M versus UNC coming in, plus the Heisman odds getting higher and higher. Why not make your bet? Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Getting on the action. Sign up today with a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for 50% off your welcome bonus. Remember, use that promo code Locked On to save 50% off of a welcome bonus in your first deposit. Bet Online, your sports books online experts. Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action, talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, I'm going to get your on something. You like quality podcasts running your favorite sports teams? If so, why not listen to a Locked On Podcast? The Locked On Podcast Network has over two dozen college sports shows, plus every team covered in the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, and highlight information to get you geared up and win your fantasy football league. Subscribe on iTunes, listen on Spotify, and if you can't do any of that, listen live every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. There's always something in life that I try to look at, and it's the glass half empty, glass half full kind of thing. Now, there's a lot of times in life where you can look at the glass half empty and just wonder what is going on. Why is this happening to me? Why should I feel this way? And why is there nothing ever promising in my life? However, when you look at the glass half full, you have good health, you have family, you have friends, and you have people who care about you day in and day out. Plus, there's always room for tomorrow. The one thing my grandfather always taught me was when I was little, it's not about how you start, but how you finish. And when you hit that rock bottom, there's nowhere else to go but up. This morning, a lot of A&M fans are probably saying, well, we've hit our rock bottom. We were always going to be the number five team in the country. We never had a shot at the college football playoff. And now we're stuck playing in a hoity-toity bowl game that none of this really matters. Yes and no. This game against UNC is actually very important. We'll break that down in a little bit, but... The Aggies did get some very big news over the weekend about their future of the team. And that is Bryce Foster, the number one interior offensive lineman in the nation from Katy, Texas, right here outside of Houston, has decided to remain close to home when he announced Friday morning he would sign with the Aggies. The 6'5", 320-pound Foster is a huge asset for Jimbo Fisher as teams such as Oklahoma, LSU, Oregon, and Texas all were trying to get involved to grab him. Now, because of he wanted to stay close to home and play in the SEC, the conference that is the most, the best, and the easiest to build up a repertoire, It was very clear when he decided to celebrate his 18th birthday, he committed to the Aggies. He has been on the national radar for multiple teams, including 24-7 Sports, Sports Illustrated's All-American, and Rivals.com since being invited to the Freshman All-American Bowl last two years ago. He said when he committed, Texas A&M feels like a second home to me. My brother went there, so whenever I want to go play football campus when I was 10, 11, or 12, we'd actually always see my older brother playing on the football team at that time. I got to stay with him and his buddies, and it always felt like a warm place. I have a good relationship with Coach John Henson, the offensive line coach, and Coach Jimbo Fisher. We talk fairly often. There's a few guys that I know personally. He's also going to be a huge part of the team's track and field program. What this does, more than anything else for AM, is it actually solidifies them once again as a top 10 team in the recruiting cycle. This means four straight years that Fisher has been on campus. He has helped AM finish in the top 10. And you look at the other teams that are in the SEC ranked in the top 10 according to 24-7 Sports Composite right now. A&M is the fourth-ranked team in the SEC. Behind the likes of LSU, who comes in at number five. Georgia, who comes in at number three. And uh, 
Alabama, who comes in at number one. Meanwhile, they do beat out Florida, who comes in at number 10. They hold the edge over Tennessee, who's in the top 15. And they hold the edge over Ole Miss and Arkansas, both of which are in the top 25. This is a very good sign for the future. And you look at what is already based on campus with them at the wide receiver position, such as Moose Muhammad III, such as Devon Demas, such as Devon Shane already making an impact. Then veteran, veteran talent that we haven't even talked about, such as Chase Lane at the wide receiver role. Kenyon Green, guys like Josh Bankhead, who we have no idea what he's going to be, or Dallas Walker. There's so much potential for this upcoming class to be very special that on top of all of those things, to be able to get an offensive lineman that is plug-and-play ready to start next year is huge. Kenyon Green is likely going to move to one of the tackle roles, whether that be left or right side. Foster can come in and take that spot immediately that Green had before he moves either interior more to the center role or to the left or right guard. That's a big get. Plus, he has multiple years of experience playing on the inside that allows him to be successful. So say next year, Bankhead is your left guard and you have Foster as your right guard. You have two players that never once played tackle but saw success interiorly in high school make an impact on an offensive line that is going to have to be completely rebuilt. That's a big get for AM. So the way I look at this is, yes, AM is going to suffer this upcoming weekend or in the next week or so because of all they're going to do is they're going to talk about how they didn't make the college football playoff. But they have a quarterback in the future, in my opinion, in either Eli Stowers or in Haynes King. They also have a guy in DeMond Demas who has so much untapped potential and likely will get his shot next season. They have veteran talent already on the offense and defense side of the ball. And they have so many players that are on the rise that got to sit this year. They're built for at least two or three years to compete with Alabama, who's going to have to replace a ton of talent at the wide receiver, cornerback, and linebacker positions. All essential roles that make Alabama what they are. They're going to have to continue to build up what they are when AM is already a step of the way there. They now have an offensive lineman who has played guard for most, if not all, of his high school career that can come in, be a plug-and-play player, and help them be successful in 2021. At a position that is so essential in the SEC that if you have it nailed down, you're one step closer to going to Atlanta. And when you get to Atlanta, if you win in Atlanta, you're almost guaranteed each season to represent the conference in the college football playoff. Big time get for Texas A&M. It's not the end of the world that they will not be playing in the college football playoff this year. But I'll tell you this much. They are going to be built for next season. Guys, this episode of Locked on Aggies is brought to you by Built Bar. Now, you know the Built Bar promo code of the past. 12 original flavors, including orange, double chocolate, toffee, almond, and coconut, but with six new flavors, including carrot cake, lemon almond cheesecake, cookies and cream, and apple almond crisp. You now have 18 different unique flavors to try. The bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, so they're more like candy bars than they are protein bars, and they are soft and easy to chew. They're great for someone who is a health-conscious-minded person like myself, or they can help you lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat to get you through your day. That's because the bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and great for anyone on the keto diet. 
I cannot put down the peanut butter brownie protein bar every single time I go into a workout because it has 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, 5 grams of sugars, 5 grams of net carbs. Guys, you're not going to find a product like this anywhere else on the shelves. And when you download the app and when you go visit us at BuiltBar.com, you use promo code LOCKEDON to save 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Stop eating in salty sweets and enjoy a treat that will meet your needs. Built Bar from BuiltBar.com. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked on Podcast Network. Cole Thompson back in action talking all things Texas A&M. Guys, make sure you're following the podcast here on iTunes, Spotify, listen every single day at LockedOnPodcast.com. Make sure you're following us on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Plus, with the NFL season coming down to a close, you're going to want to listen to the Peacock and Williamson Show. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Mount Williamson talk every single Monday through Friday, giving you national perspective on all things NFL, covering the latest news and insight on every game. Get your picks, previews, and much, much more every single weekday with Peacock and Williamson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. So Texas A&M has found out what bowl game they will be playing in. And even though it does feel like a lackluster game, it could be a big time game for A&M to show that they are deserving of that number four spot. All we know is that no matter what, Notre Dame is likely going to go down to the wire and get creamed by Alabama after the first 15 minutes. That's always how it goes whenever the first team faces Alabama. The real storyline is going to be on the other game, which will be down in New Orleans versus Clemson and Ohio State. Ohio State is going to try to prove that they are worthy of being back in the conversation after last season's minor upset, whatever you really want to call it. It was a bunch of missed calls in that game that could have gone either way for the Buckeyes or could have gone in favor of Clemson. It ended up going in favor of Clemson, but then Clemson lost to LSU in the national championship game, and Ohio State 100% would have. They're trying to prove that even though they had a five-game schedule, they are deserving and can win the national college football title. For A&M... They're going to go to the Orange Bowl down in Miami, Florida, where they will face off against the likes of UNC. Whether you want to admit UNC is a team that is overrated, underrated, or not, keep in mind, they hung on with the likes of Notre Dame all season long. That was their big game. And they hung in with Notre Dame with Sam Howell under center all the way up until the final eight minutes of that game. The Tar Heels finished the year 8-3, probably would have been 9-3 if not for that Charlotte game canceled. And when you look at their schedule, you know what games that they lost, they lost to because of it just was. They lost to Notre Dame, which was bound to happen. They rebounded and got a 62-26 victory over Miami, who was ranked inside the top 10 at the time and probably would have gone to the Orange Bowl if not for that upset. The big question mark is the 31-28 loss to Florida State at home, and then, of course, the 44-41 loss to Virginia. Virginia is not a bad team. Florida State is a bad team. And the thing is, is that it's only going to get a little easier for the likes of AM. Running back uh, Michael Carter, junior wideout Damani Brown, and linebacker Chaz Surratt all will be opting out of the Orange Bowl on January 2nd, both trying to either make it to the NFL or transferring schools. Carter rushed this past season 156 times for 1,240 yards, averaged eight rushes per carry, and nine touchdowns in 2020, while also adding 25 catches for 267 yards and two scores. Brown was the second leading receiver on the team with 55 catches for 1,099 yards and eight touchdowns. He also led the ACC in receiving yards and currently ranks sixth nationally. 
Surrett is the big name on defense. He was so huge for the team, tallying 91 total tackles, 7.5 tackles for losses, 6 sacks, 1 interception, and 1 forced fumble, including 3 pass breakups. He was the weak side linebacker that originally signed to play quarterback and transferred to the leader of the defense. This is a big time get for AM. And the biggest thing is, I don't see many of the players opting out. I don't think Kellen Mond is going to opt out for this bowl game. Outside of him, there really isn't a big name besides Buddy Johnson who would opt out and not be back next year. Most of the players that everyone considered to go into the NFL draft, which was Anthony Hines, Jamon Osmond, and Elijah Blades, all opted out before the season began. Now, Blades opted back in, but he still hasn't been a part of the team this past season. Osmond's going to the NFL draft. We know Mom will go to the NFL draft. We know most of these offensive linemen are probably also going to try to make it to the NFL, although we don't know where they will fit in what draft order. And there's not a lot of juniors that are going to opt out to go. That's my biggest story taken away from all this. I don't see many players leaving the program to try to go to the NFL early. In fact, it actually would probably hurt them because they've played so well as a team You don't know who is good and who is bad until you face off against another top-tier opponent. I would say North Carolina is building themselves up in the future to be one of the teams that will compete with Clemson for the ACC. And this is kind of their warm-up game. They want to play like the best? Well, they're going to have to beat one of the better teams in the country. So this isn't a terrible matchup for Texas A&M. Personally, I would have rather seen them play Cincinnati. I would have much rather them see them play Indiana. I think it would have been really fun to see them maybe even play Oregon, who found a way to win the Pac-12 title this past weekend. But this still is a pretty decent matchup overall when you look at what's coming for the Aggies. That's good for this edition of Locked on Aggies. Make sure you're following the podcast here on social media at Mr. Cole Thompson and at Locked on Aggies. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast listening systems. And tomorrow... Time to talk to Coach Fisher, what his thoughts were on the final game of the season with the Tennessee game, what he thinks of the upcoming schedule to face off against UNC, his thoughts on Matt Brown. Guess what? Matt Brown, everyone remembers him from Texas. Well, he's going to be facing off against the Aggies one more time at least in his career. We'll get all that and more tomorrow's show. I'll see you then. Remember, give him y'all. This has been Locked on Aggies, presented by the Locked on Podcast Network.